Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Ellis, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the legend Teddy Ellis. We're here in downtown Manhattan at the uh, Trinity Boxing Club. Proprietor Martin Snow, always kind enough to let us into the facilities. Teddy, how you doing? Doing good. My family got bigger. I have a great announcement to make. Couldn't make me happier, prouder, but last week, my beautiful special daughter, I have two special children, my son and my daughter, but she gave us our fourth grandchild, a little beautiful baby Congratulations. Girl. Congratulations, named, Nicole. We love you. Named Adeline. Adeline. I got to get used to it. Don't you dare get that name wrong. I have I'll edit that out. <laughs> I have a couple of times already, but Adeline, beautiful name, different name. Um, and I just couldn't be happier, couldn't be proud of my daughter. I mean, she had to have a C-section, she has surgery, and you know, you would think she'd be laid up for a week. <laughs> maybe, maybe 10 hours. <laughs> I mean, she ran three miles the next day. She's just, she's special. And again, I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have special children and special grandchildren. And like I said, there's no greater gift than to get added family, additional family, because you know what that means? It means added love. And in love, more people to love, more people to to look out for, and more people to look out and care about you. Yeah. So just wanted to say that, and glad to be here at Martin Snow's gym because talking about love, yeah, you could get a hit in the chin, but uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of love here too with Martin Snow. He's he's a good man. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny one when you about the about the name. When we adopted my daughter from Ethiopia, my grandmother, rest in peace, who passed away this year. She was an old school Irish tough broad from the city, <laughs> drinking beer, always, always like off color comments. And she called Tensei, my daughter's name is Tensei, that was her birth name in Ethiopia. She called her by the wrong name every single time she said her name, to the point where I would just laugh and say, Are you ever gonna get this name right? And she'd be like, Oh, you know what I you know what I mean. I'm like, oh, okay. that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. But we'd always get a kick out of it. So congratulations to Nicole. Boom, C-section's no joke. I know she'll be back in the courtroom in no time battling it out like a great attorney. He's as much of fighters. Quite frankly, I've been blessed with fighters. I've had a lot of good fighters. But of all of my fighters, and most of them have, but of all of them had the full character and toughness, put it this way, if I had a stable of fighters that had the toughness and character that my daughter Nicole has, um, I wouldn't be here with you. I'd be somewhere uh, with a world champion right now, getting ready for our next title defense. So. Yeah, well, speaking of fighting, you'll probably hear some uh, punching in the background. Like I said, we're at the Trinity Boxing Club and uh, this is a busy gym and they're working out in the background. So if you hear punching, that's what's going on. But today with the great John Duddy, besides oh, one. Irish John Duddy. He'll definitely crack your chin if you get out of line. Um, Teddy, let's today we're gonna break down the uh, Inouye versus Stephen Fulton fight, and then we're also gonna break down the great Dustin Poirier against Justin Gaethje. Dustin versus Justin, round two for these two guys. Uh, Dustin got the got the jump on him the first one. They're gonna do it again in Salt Lake City on uh, the 29th. And is that you know? To oh, what day? 29th of July. Yeah, conflict. That's my birthday. You're getting talk, a double bubble because you're getting talk, Spence Crawford and talk, Dustin Justin. Talk about birthday presents. <laughs> I mean, you got the Spence, as you just said, and we did the fight plan for that. So look out for the fight plan of Spence and Crawford. That's coming your way. Uh, and I think you're going to like it. And before you go and put a little wager in, take a peek at it. Just maybe. Maybe it will help you a little bit. No, no guarantees when it comes to gambling. But it might steer you a little bit left or right, uh, away from a knockout punch. But all seriousness, what a what a birthday present! You got Spence Crawford on the 29th, and then you got, of course, the UFC show with the headline being what we're talking about right now with um, with Poirier, our friend, our friend of the show, good friend, good human being, good third member of the broadcast. Yeah, it really just a good good human being. He's shown that. And that's part of his strength in here. Part of all their strength. But your character is always part of your strength. It's not just your physical strength. But anyway, 
uh, to have him fighting Gagey. I mean, that's guaranteed. If there's such a thing as a guarantee of a firefight, a guarantee of a slugfest, a guarantee of reliving the OK Corral, I mean, that's, that's as close to a guarantee as you can get with their styles, their temperaments, their track record. Um, but first, we will, we will cover the one you want to cover first, I think, uh, which is very interesting in itself, uh, which is, in a way, a monster. Uh, Real quick, I was going to say with Justin versus Dustin, I wouldn't be surprised if both guys requested to wear boxing shoes and say like, yeah, we're not going to bother with the ground. Don't worry, but just give us boxing shoes. I, if I was their advisor, I would say, yeah. But also, because you're right, to your point, they're both good on the mat. Fair. I mean, Gagey was an all-American wrestler. Mm-hmm. They're both tremendous on the mat. But... They don't care about the mat. Nope. They want to strike. That's and it. they strike. And that's why people can't wait to watch the fight because they're going to get what most people want, which is a striking match for the most part, maybe the whole part, because that, that is their MO. Yeah. That is their DNA. And again, these are just guys because of their styles and as I said, their character, their temperaments. They don't know how to make a bad fight. You could pay them and, and say, listen, guys, I want to throw a little monkey wrench into the works here. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't want it to be a good fight. Uh, they, they wouldn't be able to help themselves. <laughs> I mean, they only know how to make, they only know how to make thunderstorms. And that's it. And lightning. Um, at the end of the day, the only thing I'm a little upset about, it happens in this sport so too often. You gotta put them both on the same night. I know it's a great, yeah, I know it's a great present for me, my birthday, whatever. But seriously, you gotta put them both on. Is where you gotta make a choice. Yeah. Where you gotta tape one, or you gotta go back to one the next day, whatever. And it's oh, you gotta buy more TV set. <laughs> yeah, you go with the picture in picture. Before we jump into the NOA Fulton. Uh, preview, Teddy. I just want to point out the BoxRaw 36 collection from BoxRaw. Teddy's got the shorts on. There it is. 36 minutes to make life fair. Check out the BoxRaw.com Teddy Atlas collection. They got a whole line of boxing apparel. If you're a boxer, don't show up in uh, tennis clothes. Show up in the proper attire. Wear boxing clothes to the boxing gym. BoxRaw.com 36. I had to wear this. If I'm doing a fight plan with you, um, I had to wear something that was appropriate. It's very appropriate. And there's 36 minutes to make life fair. Three, 12 three-minute rounds in a championship fight, and you can make everything fair. That's it. No matter where you come from, no matter your race, your creed, ethnicity, religion, no matter what you had in life, what you didn't have in life, no matter how unfair life might have been to you in moments, it's unfair to everyone in moments, no matter any of that, on one given night, you can get in this squared circle here, in this chamber of truth, and if you're determined enough, trained hard enough, care enough, you can make life fair. And at the end of the day, have your hand raised as the champion of the world. What's better? Nothing. What's better? Nothing. Let's talk about some champions right now. Two guys looking to take advantage of that exact scenario will be Stephen Fulton and the great Noya Inoue, the monster. What I love about this fight is if I hadn't seen Inoue in tough with no needle denier and old no needle denier and get his eye socked and busted and continue to fight, two things. First, he showed some vulnerability in that he could get hit, but he showed incredible tenacity that he would get hit, get his eye busted and keep fighting. The fact that he was that in a way that Nonito was able to get those kind of shots on him gives me some optimism that Fulton can make this a dogfight. Because if I hadn't seen that fight, I would have said, no, yeah, in a way runs over everyone. No one can touch him. But I don't think that's the case. I think Fulton has a real chance in this fight. And this looks to be as competitive as a fight as in a way has been in. From my perspective, what do you think? What are you looking for? Let's hear from the expert. You know... I think it's going to be an interesting fight, maybe an intriguing one. But my foray into it, my, from my, the, the lens that are my eyes, the way that I would introduce it and figure it to go would be different from 
the way you described it. It wouldn't be a dogfight because he, Fulton doesn't have the firepower or the mentality or temperament to really engage in a dogfight. That's not his MO. That's, uh, that's not his DNA. You know, he, Donaire, yes, former champion, older guy, good puncher. That, that made sense for him. And it was possible because of his physical attributes, his style, his abilities to get into a firefight, a dogfight, as you said, and you're right. I think that I might have misspoke. When I said dogfight, I, I, what I meant to say was very competitive. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I don't it's expect Fulton to not, get in No, no. If he gets in, I will asshole. No. Um, because he's not, he's not that cat. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not that guy. He's a different animal. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Uh, not an animal. Oh, you call him an animal. Calm down. <laughs> Some of you flackos out I know there. these trolls all too yeah. well. <laughs> I do know I do know too well. I don't have to wait until they knock on the door to know they're coming. Um, but I say it in the, in the most respectful way. He, and in the most common sense way, the most realistic way, I'm in a realistic business, uh, in the boxing business, we talk real here. He is a whole different specimen where Donaire had the firepower, he could get into that kind of fight, uh, that kind of veteran, that was maybe his last stand, uh, because I think that fight took everything out of him because he didn't do good in his next fight, you know, Donaire. So, to my, you know, to my point, I think that that was his last stand, where he gave it everything he could, and he had, and there was nothing left, and it was to get into a dogfight, into a firefight, and he still came up short. This, again, phone a whole different makeup, to have a chance to win this fight, he cannot. And he doesn't have the artillery. He doesn't have, you know, this, the, the, those kind of tools. He's got his own set of tools. And his set of tools are more sophisticated. His set of tools are to engage in a boxing match. Matter of fact, I would look at this fight to preview this fight for the fans out there. And that's what it's always about, you guys try to bring you guys a better insight of what might happen and hopefully what will happen is that if you were disappointed if you were disappointed in the first Mayweather Pacquiao fight where you you wanted to see that fight five years earlier and it was five years too late and of course Mayweather got the better of it but if that was what you really, you know, what you, what you looked for in a fall, wish you had seen, this may be a little bit of a revisitation of that sort of matchup in a way that, in a way, would be more of the Pacquiao, the, the big puncher, uh, not as busy as Pacquiao, in a way is really, really precise, in a way is doesn't waste anything he's always set on his feet he's always balanced ready to deliver a power punch he's got a good iq um he's carried his power up in weight he he has that supreme confidence that you can't beat him they don't call him the monster for nothing and he as i said he places punches strategically really well but he places damaging punches he doesn't miss much because he doesn't throw just to set the guy up where he might throw five throwaway punches to get in one. No, everything he throws is designed to land. So you're going to have the puncher that you had in Pacquiao, obviously at the prime of his life, and you're going to have what you had with Mayweather in Fulton, the counterpuncher. And for him to have a chance to pull off an upset, that's what you're gonna have to have. So you're gonna have a little revisitation of what that fight could have been, where you have the counter puncher in his prime, you got the puncher in his prime, and you see what happens. And for me, it's hard to go against in a way, because if you're gonna fight a boxer like Fulton, 
and he's going to get into gear. If he's going to have a chance, he's going to have to counterpunch. He's going to have to use his legs a little bit to keep uh, the stronger punch in a way, off balance. Uh, he's going to have to, you know, when he is on the inside, he's going to have to score and then get out or tie up, not live in those dangerous chambers too long. I know he's going to want to be there a little bit uh, just to get his respect, slow down the motor of, in a way a little bit because if you're moving all the time on the outside and the guy's always coming after you, it's kind of hard to keep up that pace where he's always coming at you and you're always deflecting. Uh, you're always on the defensive side. You have to do something to slow him down. So I'm sure he'll do, he's smart. Fonel's a smart fighter, he's a complete fighter. He's an undefeated fighter for a reason. He, he's a champion for a reason. He'll look to be on the inside in spots, but not too long. Yeah. He'll get out and dodge before high noon, uh, where the shooting starts. <laughs> where, but there's one big problem. He's got a guy in Inouye who knows what to do with a guy who's slick. And you know what you do with a guy that's slick, that moves his head really well, sets up counters, uh, has the defensive properties a little bit like Mayweather. Like I said, he, 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 he fights along those lines. Nobody's quite Mayweather. I get it. But he fights along those lines. But he's slick. He's smart. He counters. You know, he, he, uses, he, uses, he uses the sweet science. He, he puts sweet in the science. Uh -huh. He reminds you why we have that phrase. But the one way to debunk all that, where, yeah, his head's moving, but what's not moving? The body. Mm -hmm. To do what I used to say on ESPN when I was calling all the action. Put water in the basement. And in a way, it's so damn good. And not just putting water in the basement, but quite frankly, flooding out your basement. <laughs> so he'll be looking to go to the basement while all the movement, he'll look to paralyze uh, uh, paralyzed Fulton, Fulton would take away his head movement by going downstairs, freezing him a little bit, and then going upstairs. So it's going to be a tough quest for Fulton to really pull off the upset. Really, really tough. But again, interesting style matchup. You know, Ali Frazier, like I said, if you want to go back and you felt bad about Mayweather and, and Pacquiao being too late, you're going to get a new version of it, uh, a, a fresher version of it at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, it'll be... It'll give you the lines it'll be, where you get yeah, prediction. And I think for the fans out there that might not be super aware of Stephen Fulton because they are lighter weight guys, it's hard not to know of in a way because he's been so destructive. But this is, a, like you said, an intriguing matchup. And when you hear it, Teddy, when I hear you break it down, it like creates a new level of intrigue for me to see what works. Is it the, the slick, sweet science fighting the Fulton or does in a way's power and toughness just take away the, uh, take, like you said, take the air out of the tires early? But for our friends at MyBookie, go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code ATLAS for 50% credit on your first deposit. If you are going to bet, bet responsibly. But for those who do, the line is in a way a huge favorite at minus 350. We got Fulton plus 270. That's a lot of wood to lay if you like in a way getting 270 back. All things considered, who are you taking in a way? I'm taking in a way. I think pound for pound. Uh, for the pound from pound, listen, I know it's subjective, but he's up there in the top three. Yep. And I have a lot of respect for Fulton, as I think I just laid out. Where, but he's got a, it's one of those fights, and they come along, these kind of fights, where he has the ability to win. He has the mindset. He has the confidence. But he's going to need the discipline that maybe he's never had to use to that level before in his career to be consistent all night and not make a mistake. And that's hard to do, to fight a flawless fight where you don't make a mistake, where you stay inside just a tad too long, where you leave your body open just for a split second that you didn't mean to leave it open, that you leave a hand out there just a tenth of a second too long and you get counted because in a way, yeah, he's an action fighter. Yeah, he's a fan-friendly fighter. But he's a solid fundamental fighter, too. It's a different fundamental than, as I just said, than Fulton. Fulton is the slickster. 
in a way, is the guy who's going to get you, going to eat your lunch. Uh, but make no mistake about it, he ain't just a bull in a china shop. He ain't just walking in and saying, go on me. No. If he was that, then Bung would have a much better shot. Uh, I have to go within a way. I hate to lay that kind of wood, but if I had to, uh, that's that's where I would go. Then I would be taking a peek at the under-over. Uh, do we know what that is yet, the under-over? So the over under 10 and a half rounds, uh, over a slight favorite, minus 130, the under even money, plus 105. Obviously, it sounds like from the betting line that the bookmakers, the odds makers, they're pretty good at what they do. I'm thinking along my lines that there's a good chance that Illinois gets to them. Yep. That, you know, they're not going crazy. Either line is close. Um, but there's a good chance that he does put water in the basement and does get to him before the end. Yep. I'm going to... I understand that thinking. I understand that that could be a real good possibility. And at even money, why not? At even money, why not? But I would also... You know me, I take a little, I go out on the limb. Yeah. Uh, I take a little chance that that I would bet a little bit with Fulton and not discard him completely with his pedigree, with his, with his character, with his pride, you know, uh, with, with his own eliteness of being a champion, that that will allow him to fight as close to a prefer, perfect fight as he can, and it will allow him to find a way to get to the finish line. Lose a decision, but get to the finish line. Uh, either way, the lines are close. Uh, you're not at too much peril yeah. when it comes to going either way with that. But at the end of the day, in a way, is my man. Very good. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Teddy, before we do the, um, before we get to the Justin versus Dustin fight, let me give a quick shout out to our number one sponsor. Guys, we've been with these guys. These guys have been with us from the beginning. And given the amount of travel that we've done, I mean, Rob and I have been in Malibu, Vegas. You've been in Vegas. We're all here in New York now. We've been traveling a ton. And I find these travel packs to be invaluable from Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas and get 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. Athletic Greens is the all-in-one green drink multivitamin. You mix this powder with about 8 to 10 ounces of water in the morning. Drink it down. Tastes great. Easy to drink. And if there's one supplement that I always carry with me, it's Athletic Greens. I never go anywhere without it. It really is the best stuff. I need some. You got I it. I need some. You got you, it. You've been glomming all of it. <laughs> and all you racing, going for the desert, <laughs> everywhere else. Magnificent job. But you have a stockpile of it. For sure. I'm running a little short. Love it. Guys, keep... run by total pros there on the management team. Athleticgreens.com slash Atlas. Subscribe. Get a deal. Get it delivered every month. You can't go wrong. And if but... you hear me wheezing a little bit, I apologize. We've got the wildfires in Canada smoking us out down here, creating a... Yeah, I went to a doctor. I went to a doctor, asthma. which I never do. I don't like that. I don't go to doctors. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about that after we do. Yeah, the but I went to one, and uh, I love doctors because my father was a doctor, but I, uh, I didn't... Because he was a doctor, I never really bothered to go to doctors afterwards. He was the best. He wasn't around no more. Some of them were very good. Some of them could be better. Uh, we need them. We need them. I need them. I had to go. Uh, the other day, my wife forced me to with this stuff going on, and they gave me a pump. Obviously, it's not working perfectly, <laughs> but they gave me a pump. They think I either have a little bit of uh, asthmatic-type stuff going on or triggered by what you just said. The, the air quality hasn't been all that great nope. around the New York area. <laughs> I don't know if it's been great anywhere in the country, but definitely in the Staten Island, New York area yeah. with those wildfires. Crazy. It hasn't been perfect. But does it stop us from coming and doing a show? No. Nope. Because what is the first real sign and definition, a real meaning of being a pro? Doing what you got to do no matter how you feel. That's right. Not, not getting just, it's not about whether or not you can pay to be a pro. 
It's not a matter of whether you have a, a license that says, oh yeah, I'm a pro. No, it's about what you are yeah. or what you become. That no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on in your environment, you find a way to do your job. That's it. And speaking of doing your job, two guys that are going to be doing their job on the 29th, Dustin uh, Poirier versus Justin Gagey, part two. Dustin Poirier got the jump on him in the first fight. Second one looks to be equally as exciting. Like we said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys both came in in boxing shoes. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to go bare knuckles. These are two. You know, one other thing they might not want to, might not mind doing. Really, seriously, because we saw that fight. Yeah. Wearing eye goggles if you could, <laughs> because Dustin suffered two serious eye pokes. Yep. To get to the win, and in all fairness, Gagey suffered one two at the end of the third round yep and then he had to deal with it at the beginning of the fourth um so go ahead i'm sorry i just had to i mean yeah the the, the shoes the box are true because that's what they do yep that, i mean that's what they are you are what you are these guys are strikers at at their heart at yep. their core and you are what you are in your heart and you know no matter again i said it earlier and you couldn't get much better i mean they have a phd on a mat too both on with jujitsu, with wrestling, as I said earlier. Gagey's an all-American wrestler. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that in the grappling area. And the crazy thing is you never see him use that skill set. He's, he's a fighter. And the same it. thing with Dustin. Look, Dustin's been in there with Khabib and held his own on the ground. I mean, Dustin is as tough as they come. But more importantly, both world-class people. Obviously, we don't know Justin as well. But from all uh, appearances, seems to be a great person. But we know... Dustin Poirier is just We love Gagey too because of what he is in that in that in that octagon in that case. He knows how to behave like not just like a fighter, but like a man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always talk about when I'm doing a fight. It's one thing to be able to fight like a fighter. Yeah. Or like a champion. But the most important part of it is to know how to behave like one when the time comes to behave one. That's right. Behave like one. Both of these men, Gagey and Poirier. And a lot of the MMA fighters, a lot of the UFC fighters, but these ones we're talking about right now, they know how to behave like champions. They know how to behave like fighters when it's hard to behave like it. Gotcha. See, that's the key, when it's hard to behave like it. And um, so we have none but respect for both of them. For sure. But we happen to hold, does it? we don't hide it. No. We, we hold him very dear to our hearts because not only he's been on the show, he flew in from Louisiana to my charity foundation dinner where we help people that, that quite frankly need help. Yep. That aren't able to fight the fight that we are for themselves. And we've been doing that for 26 years and we need people to help us fight the fight. And what did Dustin do? He jumped on a plane four days after a war that he had in Madison Square Garden with another warrior. With um, Michael Chandler. With Chandler. Chandler, you talk about a sick and destroy guy. <laughs> you talk about, you talk about a, a, you know, just a heat-seeking missile. That guy only knows one way: yeah. to go and try to destroy you. Yeah. And he just got finished beating Chandler in a war. And what does he do? He flies home with his yep. family to Louisiana, and then he flies to New York to stand out, and comes and helps us raise money to help other people. And then I know this is going to embarrass him, but I don't care. Because I'm not in octagon with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's why I don't care. Uh, and, and he dropped off a $10,000 check. So, listen, Gagey is a beautiful person. He might be every bit the, the human being that we're describing here. But our man, and because of what we do know about him, is Mr. Poirier. And one thing I can guarantee you, it's going to be, it is going to be a dogfight. It is going to be a firefight. It is going to be the OK Corral revisited because they don't know nothing else. I'd give the ultimate compliment, say we could be watching a, a Mickey Water Toro Gotti fight. Don't miss this See, one because you might. No, no, we saw it already in the first one. That's right. But we might be watching the sequel of it. That's right. And we did get the sequel and we got the, the trifecta of it because they fought three times because that's how good it was. Yeah. And, and to your point, we're only getting this because of two reasons. One, because they won afterwards, yep. obviously. 
Uh, and two, they provided the kind of action that you'd the be crazy yeah. not to have the second one. And if it goes the way the crazy everyone except them, this is yeah. dangerous fight for Well, you're right. If it goes the way that we're projecting it to go, you, you get a third, maybe. Yep. You get a third. The only thing is, these fights take so much out of you. Exactly. They take so much out of you. Um, should I go forward and break this fight? Yeah, I would just. I, I would you just, allow me, <laughs> you, you great fans out there, to let this boxing primate? Um, yeah, 50 years in boxing, but to allow me to attempt to break down something in your realm, in the MLA realm, in the UFC, obviously, uh, class. Uh, I, I only dare to do it because most of it is striking. Yeah. Most of it is striking. So that makes me a little more comfortable going and breaking that fight down. That's we, fair, and I think that that's why the UFC and the fighters have embraced you and our show is because of the humility with which you attempt to discuss and break down these fights. You're not pretending to be something you're not. You're upfront and honest with everything. And I think, like I said, that's why the people, especially the fighters, have embraced you. But the last thing I'd say before we get to the breakdown about Dustin Poirier is this is a great humanitarian in person, like Teddy said, not only comes to donate to other charities, but runs the Good Fight Foundation down in Louisiana. Definitely check it out. If you're not following it, please do. They only do good things. There's no reason not to follow. And the other thing I'd add before we get to the breakdown is, as Teddy mentioned, uh, the Thursday before Thanksgiving, every single year, Teddy hosts the uh, Dr. Atlas Foundation annual dinner held on Staten Island. Uh, everyone is there. Dustin Dustin Poirier last year. But, it, I mean, when I say everyone, Evander Holyfield has been there. Uh, Mickey Ward, the great Rob Moore, producer of the Fight Podcast, will be there. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. The list goes on. I could be overwhelmed. Phil Simms, a great quarterback. From One the- of the nicest guys you'll ever talk to. Phil Simms talks to everyone like they're the most important person in the room. I can't get enough of Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's just... Celebrity Central, the great Chuck Zito, leader of the Hells Angels and professional face puncher. He'll get you if you don't step out of line. He's the security. He's the best. He's got stories that will make your head spin. Um, Rosie Perez has been there. You're talking about fighters, great fighters. Sugar Ray Leonard's been there. Uh, Evander Holyfield. All of them. The great George Foreman. Yep. and t- I mean, just one after all, we're very blessed. Bill Parcell is a great coach. We we just we couldn't be more blessed. With the and people. you're invited. If you're watching this, you're invited. Thursday before Thanksgiving. Get a thousand people. Staten Island. A thousand people. Go to the Dr. Atlas Foundation. Do a search. Look it up. Check it out. And uh, we couldn't do anything if it wasn't for you. For the, for the good people. <laughs> and these celebrities that come and make it more enticing for people to actually come in. And it's nice to connect with the fans and let the fighters connect with the fans. Everyone's very accessible. There's no, like, meet and greet. It's Tony a- Dancer just came to my mind. Yeah. Former fighter. Yep. I mean, you know who he is, though. Who's the boss? <laughs> I mean, just a great actor, great career. Great person. And a great person. Well, with that said, let's get into the action. Dustin, Justin, round two. What are you looking for? Who do you like? Well, Sid Rosenberg. Count. The great Sid, the most handsome guy in New York, uh, does not have a face for radio. Probably should be on TV as handsome as he is. Um, we'll give the fight prediction at the end. I want to read you the line, but let's get into the fight. What are you looking for here? Who's got to do what to win? Give it to me. Well, again, you know. You don't need the Mason Kreskin to tell you that or Notre Dame's or any of those great tellers of the future what will probably take place here. Um, they're going to say hello, they're going to touch gloves, and then they're going to go and try to destroy each other. <laughs> um, True gladiator style. They really, but here's the breakdown from my part. In the first fight, it wound up going into the fourth round. Great, great fight. Everything we've just described and that we figure will happen again because that's what they do. But it went into the fourth round and early in the fourth round, Dustin was able to catch 
Gagey coming in, opening up with a shot, and was able to get a TKO. During the course of the fight, it was both guys are, as we said, terrific strikers. I believe where they separate themselves is that Dustin's a little bit more dimensional in his striking, where he where he's got a little bit more of a repertoire of punches, where he can put combinations together a little better. Um, he's, as I said, his array of punches might be a little larger. He uses the uppercut at the right time as a real, real good weapon. He also can use his legs to move a little bit, to give that other dimension to him, where, you know, he'll look to get an angle once in a while. He'll look to get, take his body out of harm's way, keep you a little bit off stride, break up your momentum a little bit. He's got a terrific jab. His jab is really important in this fight to stabilize Gagey on the outside because Gagey's style is to put pressure on you and then to put some more pressure on you. Perfect. And then to put a little more pressure on you until you can't take the pressure no more. It's to break you. It's, it's relentless. It's, it's fearsome. It's, it's, I'm, it's, it, is every, it is impressive. He, he's got that engine, and he just keeps on moving in one direction, forward. That's where I think the difference is, where Dustin, as I said, has some of the options to go in other directions, where for the most part, Gagey will come in to get into your front door uh -huh. and, and visit you. And it's not a friendly visit. <laughs> He's coming with a battering ram. He, but he, his mindset, they're both very strong-minded. Obviously, they're both very strong-willed. Um, they both have great chins. Great resolve, great characters, I've said. One of the things that can slow down a guy that has that kind of chin, that has that kind of temperament, that kind of, you know, motor to just keep coming forward is good body work. Dustin did some good body work in their first fight. I think he's going to have to do more of it. And the reason I think, as I said earlier, Dustin's a southpaw, where he's going to have to use that jab um, really to its utmost, is to control this force from getting in too fast. <laughs> to stabilize him, to stabilize Gaethje's aggression, to, to limit his aggression, if you can, but to slow his aggression down a little bit on the outside where I think he has an advantage, where he can use that jab and has to use that jab to give him something to worry about. Yep. Something, again, to deter him, give, to give Dustin as much a chance to think and breathe as to do damage yep. to damage to Gaethje. Um, so the jab will be very important. It's also important to Gaethje. The best way to get in is behind the jab. You don't come in behind the jab, and you're, you can be cannon fodder. You, you're a sitting duck. You're, you're more open to counters if you don't use the jab properly on your way in, you know, as your cover. You want to go, you want to go and uh, rob a bank? What do you do? You got to throw a few smoke bombs so you go in there. <laughs> And you get in there before they see you, before they pull the alarm? You didn't know you were getting a bank robbery tutorial. No, game well, tutorial. but in boxing, you never know when you're going to get a robbery. Uh, and, and sometimes in the UFC, unfortunately. You could get a bank robbery when you think you just went to watch a fight. Unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Because of the, the judges uh, looking at you at Abbott. So, yeah. And a few others out there, too. Judges and refs. And we hope we don't get any robberies on this one coming up. We've, we've had enough uh, for a long time. We don't need no more. I don't think the but, judges play a role in this fight. No, I think that's a good point. They, this is one where 
like the old timers used to say, I'm bringing my two judges. <laughs> Here they are. And for you that were wondering what happened to Teddy, no, I didn't make a sudden comeback that I got forced to make it with some idiot out there that, that could be out there sometimes. No, I was in the park. It can be tough being a grandfather. I was in the park, even dangerous. I was in a park with my beautiful grandchildren. Now I got an extra one. She's not ready to go in the park yet. But with my little buddy, Joseph, and my beautiful girl, Lara, my other beautiful buddy, Teddy, is in Vegas. I'm on Staten Island. We go to the park, and we decide to get into a race. They wanted me to race. So I'll race. And I'm trying to win. <laughs> I'm getting into full stride, can ride out mode. And I'm, yeah. And I'm getting into stride there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my little beautiful three-year-old cuts in front of me. <laughs> and... Rather than, God forbid, run her over, I jumped. And you know what? God is there when you need him. And nature. And all of a sudden, the adrenaline, whatever. I, I jumped higher than I have in probably 40 years. <laughs> I jumped over her and landed, unfortunately, with my fingers right in the ground. Oh, oh yeah, I broke them. Aye. And they want to do the great Charlie Malone, my, the best surgeon in the world. Friend of mine, dear friend, wants to do surgery. But you know what? At this point in my life, I told him, I said, he said, but your finger be more, it, it, it'll be, your finger, if you don't, it'll be deformed, it'll be, it, 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 you have a deformed head. I said, Charlie, Charlie, look at my other head. <laughs> Does that look well formed? I said, look at that. I said, look at me. Do you think that this is a guy who's worried about little deformities at this point in my life? So I'm just going to keep this thing on for whatever, six weeks, uh, deal with it, and not deal with the surgery right now. Uh, I think that's, I'm, I'm a half a doctor when I want to be, and I'm being a doctor right now for myself in that way. But getting back to the fight, uh, I think that Gagey will need to use a jab to come in uh, he will need to go back to one thing that it was an even fight going into the fourth. But there was something Gagey was doing that he's going to have to pick up and continue doing. And Dustin's going to have to have an answer for it. And what that is, he was doing tremendous damage to the inside with inside leg kicks to the front lead kick, the right leg of Dustin, his right leg as a sophomore. Gagey was doing unbelievable. Dustin wasn't the animal that he is in a good way, uh, that all these guys are, the samurai, the cold that they live by, which is to take pain and tell it to get the hell out of here. Yep. And, and to, I don't want to see you until this fight's over. <laughs> uh, don't bother me anymore. If he wasn't that guy... He he would have been he he would have been more affected in a way that would have kept him from his mission. Yeah. Oh, but he is so tough, as most of these guys are, as Gagey is, that again he was able to take that and push it to the side, keep doing what he had to do. Like I said, the sign of a pro, of a samurai, of a warrior. Do what you have to do, no matter how you feel. Yeah. Find a way. But he was getting hit with atrocious. Inside leg kicks from Gagey. Uh, I mean, uh, Dustin was. And mostly on his lead right leg. And it was really remarkable that the leg didn't collapse on it. And Gagey will look to do more of that, I believe. I'm not trying to go into the jujitsu area, into the kicking area, but that's obvious. He will look to do more of that because if you take away somebody's foundation, yeah. then you don't have to worry about the top floor. Yeah. And Dustin is a tremendous striker, as is Gagey. But also where I think he has a little edge, I think he's the better puncher. I think he's a little bit better puncher, and he's a better finisher. Yeah. He is, Gagey's a good finisher too, but Dustin is, I think, an elite finisher. He gets you hurt, he usually gets you the hell out of there. And so, when I look at the two guys, one way to keep, you would well, one way to keep them before I lose my favorite door. 
one way to keep Dustin from being that finisher, from, you know, being that puncher, you know, from using that array of punches I talked about where he's got the ability to put combinations together maybe a little bit better than Gagey. One way to keep him from doing that, you can't do that if you don't have legs to, to hold you up. And I think you're going to see more of that for that reason, that Gagey knows what a striker he is, obviously, and will look to attack those legs, the front leg in particular, again, and maybe even more. So by the time you get to the championship rounds, the fourth and the fifth, that he won't have a leg to stand on, <laughs> pardon the pun. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that'll be a big... So Dustin's going to have to, A, he's going to... He knows what his coaches have to devise a check for that, Yep. Uh, obviously. And I think the little bit of movement onto the sides that he's capable of doing with his legs laterally, I think that that will keep gazing from being set where he can come in, you know, and do the damage so easily. Uh, because he did it fairly easily yeah. uh, with the leg kicks. But one thing that, at the end of the night, when it did end, because you don't, you don't, you don't, he don't stop. Gagey don't stop. That, that's his greatest characteristic and what makes him so formidable. He don't stop. You have to stop. He don't stop. There's no cord you can pull out to stop him. He, even if you pull the cord, he keeps going. You got to stop. The way that Dustin got that done, and stopped him in the beginning of the fourth round was when Gagey came in and maybe he got a little carried away with the leg kick and he got a little fat, a little careless, a little for granted. And he came in to, again, provide a leg kick. And as he did, he opened himself up and squared up a little bit. He opened himself up a little bit to Dutch on his right side. And when he did, Dustin showed that other dimension that I talk about that maybe gives him an edge in the striking department over Gagey where he can counter. And he countered with the left hand, caught Gagey coming in. Yep. And that's what you want to do with an aggressive fighter. See if you can stabilize him on the outside, slow him down with body work because they have such a great chin, and catch him coming in. And he was able, because he, he got a little fat with that leg kick, he was able to catch Gagey with the counter left hand the power punch for the southpaw, where he could get his whole body into it, his leg into it, turn into it, and he was able to hurt him, and then he finished him. Yep. So I'm going to look for more counter punching from Dustin. I'm going to look for more leg kicking from Gagey to take away the ability to do such a job of counter punching and everything else we we know that Dustin does. Yep. Uh, again. An intriguing fight. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, 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 that's okay. I just wanted to say that as you were describing it, I think about what you would say is maybe Gaethje is has the classic fundamentals, maybe is a little bit more rudimentary than Poirier. I think Poirier, like to your point, has just a little bit of an edge on being dynamic and being a little bit more creative on the feet. A little more sophisticated. Yes. A little bit. Yes. Hopefully I probably laid that out uh, that I was trying to. I was attempting to do that. It's for um, and, and just, uh, you know, uh, just a few more gadgets. Yeah. Uh, if you will. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go as far to say, a lot of times I use the metaphor, the, the example of if one guy's got a little bit better, I would say, well, you know, he's got, uh, he, he's got an automatic... Uh, pistol with extra chamber in it, while the other guy has uh, old-fashioned six-shooter revolver. You know, revolver. Yeah, uh, where he's getting six shots, the other guy's getting uh, ten. He's he's got that extra clip. Yeah, maybe that fits a little bit. But either way, either way, they both have guns. Yeah, <laughs> they both know how to use them. They're both not shy to use them. That's right. And they both will go. Do you remember Gunsmoke? Oh, of course. You're old. Uh, they were both older than you look. They will both go out there in the middle of the road or the middle of the cage, and they will say, draw a partner, <laughs> yep. and that's what you're going to get. Draw a partner. And for the folks at MyBookie, again, go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for a 50% credit on your first deposit. 
Um, we got Pori, slight favorite, minus 120. I would have thought it would be a little bit more, and Gagey is at plus 105. What do you like? I'm going with uh, Well, Not only because our hearts with them. We try to separate that when we do this job, and, and I think we do. I know for 30 years on ESPN, I've held myself accountable uh, to doing that, to having no bias. No matter you know the guy, you don't know the guy, uh, you like the guy, you don't like the guy outside the ring. It, it, it should not play a part in your professional job, in your professional assessment when you get up there and you're trusted by the audience uh, to, to put forward your beliefs in a way that should not be tainted by, should not be in any way compromised or influenced by anything other than what you truly believe, okay. or what you experienced. So, yeah, we love, yeah, my heart's with Dustin, uh, no doubt about that, but Gagey is, is a monster in a good way. Uh, the best man will win, and it'll be a great fight. Uh, another one for the ages, if you will, potentially. I like Dustin, I like him to, do they have an under over? I like him to win. I haven't I, seen the over under. I'm going to say Gage is going to heavy on the. Under. I'm going to say that Gage is going to be there all the way to the end uh, this time, and I'm going to say it's going to be a decision, and I'm going to say it's going to be a split decision. Wow, that that's that's bold. That's how much respect I have for both men, Glad. and what I really see in the forecast of this fight that it's going to be that close. Yeah. Well, with that being said. Make sure you tune in next week to see the full breakdown of the fight. We'll do our best to get um, one of the guys on the f on the show after the fight. Always difficult to get them on a quick turnaround. I'm off to Ireland, by the way. Oh, I'm off to Ireland. But, yep. but we're going to have all this stuff here. We're going to have the fight plan, Spence and Crawford. Previews. It's a good one. Previews, this. There'll be loads of content. Everything. And, and when we get back together, we'll have lots to discuss. And we're always with you. Yep. Never forget. We're kind of like... We're kind of like the, uh, what was that guy uh, in Star Wars, the Force? We're, Captain we're, Kirk? He, uh, no, in Star Wars. The guy, Anji Bucci. R2-V2, may the Force uh, be with you. The guy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi, what is it? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> we're like him, a little bit. A little different, obviously. but We still don't know his ethnicity, but we love him nonetheless. And, and we love the Force. <laughs> May the force be with you. We'll see you guys with the full breakdown when Teddy's back from Ireland, the motherland. And um, enjoy the fights. Thanks for being with us, guys. And please follow Teddy on all the social channels. Follow the fight with Teddy Atlas if you want uh, updates throughout the week on what's going on. And hopefully Teddy will have time to watch the fights live while he's in Ireland. Have to get up early in the morning to watch him. But check out all the social channels and we'll get all the updates we can. Thanks again for being with us.